Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Pitco Happenings. I'm your host, Caleb Ayers, and I'm joined today by Pittsylvania County Sheriff Mike Taylor. Sheriff Taylor, thanks for being here. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for the invitation. Of course. So I guess to start, if you just kind of want to tell me a little bit briefly about yourself and then how you got to, to be the Sheriff of Pittsylvania County. Sure, yeah. I came to uh, I came to work with the County Sheriff's Office in February of 1975. At that time, Sheriff Taylor E. McGregor was, uh, was my boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I applied here. Uh, I've lived here all of my life. Mm-hmm. I had an interest. I had been involved in the local fire department as a teenager and also the dam of life-saving crew. So I had an interest in that field. Right. So uh, Taylor McGregor gave me a opportunity to work here. Then when Sheriff uh, Plaster came on in 92, I remained, worked my way up through the ranks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. When Sheriff Plaster announced he would retire at the end of 91, I was encouraged by some to venture out into the realm of the political end of the business. <laughs> right. I was very fortunate, and the people accepted me. I'm in my fourth term here now. Okay. Pennsylvania County will hold a public information meeting regarding efforts to revise our county code that regulates music festivals. Several festivals are scheduled at the White Oak Mountain Amphitheater later this year, and county staff are working hard to make sure that the code is up to date so that our citizens and everyone involved is adequately protected. The meeting is May 12th at 7 p.m. in the ECC Auditorium, and you can also watch on our Facebook and YouTube channels. And so police and sheriffs and law enforcement kind of all get lumped together in the same category. But what is the difference between a sheriff's office and a police department? Yeah, the, and, of course, the main difference is, is the sheriff is a constitutional officer. And each four years, there's a general election. And the voters decide versus in a, a city atmosphere, the uh, the city council. Is they name their chief of police. Right. And he answers to that board or that council. In right. the sheriff's position, of course, you answer to the voters. Right. We, we all serve under the same constitution, mm-hmm. under the same laws. There are 123 sheriffs in the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. About 17 of those 123 that are considered full service, meaning that they're primary law enforcement, they have civil process responsibilities, they have jail responsibilities and courthouse security responsibilities plus law enforcement Mm -hmm. and that's that's what we are that's what pennsylvania county is Mm -hmm. yes we have right now three full-time officers that serve civil process and those guys will serve between 14 and 1600 processes each month subpoenas Mm -hmm. writs of possession those type things right so they stay very busy. Mm-hmm. Many of the subpoenas that come out from court now require personal service. So that means that, that that subpoena has to go into that person's hands, not a family member, not on the door. That officer has to make several trips sometimes just to find that particular person. So right. it's time-consuming. Mm-hmm. And in a place like Pittsylvania County where <laughs> you could be driving 40 minutes to, yeah. to get somewhere, yeah. So the civil process part of it is a— you got civil processes. You guys oversee the jail that's here. Generally, you also oversee the courthouse. I mean, that's correct, right? Mandated yeah. by statute that, that the security is the job of the sheriff. Right. Yeah, I think when a lot of people think about law enforcement, they think of, you know, the detectives and the street cops and the cops out and about in the field, which that does fall to you guys here. And I know the state police also helps out with that as well. The big story of the last year has been COVID-19 pandemic, which much of the guidance has been about 
especially before the vaccine was available, much of the guidance has been about, you know, social distancing, keeping away from people as much as possible. And the guidance has always been changing, too. So I know that's been tricky for everybody, but I'd imagine that's been especially tricky for you all working, you know, whether it be corrections or law enforcement, you're working with people, you're working working on the front lines. So what's that been like? You know, what have been some of the challenges in, in operating and, and keeping your staff healthy and making sure you're protecting the public? When, when COVID first hit, we were looking for guidance like mm-hmm. everybody else. Yep. <laughs> but our work didn't stop. We still had to answer calls. We had to go to death calls. We had to answer the phones. And of course, too, in the background, we were trying to obtain the PPE equipment just like everybody else. Right. And it was in short short supply. We had many members of our agency that had COVID mm-hmm. and some severe cases right. dealing with those people that were out, those people were exposed, uh, that had to go into quarantine. Those members of the office that had family members that contracted COVID and had to quarantine. Juggling those schedules, especially in our jail setting, right. where those lights never turn off. Our staff in our jail, in my opinion, just did a remarkable job mm-hmm. in trying to mitigate COVID infection within our facility. And just a little bit about the jail, you mm-hmm. know, it was built for 36. Right. And on the day it was open, it was 100% overpopulated. Mm-hmm. And it has remained as such. I think today we're about 302% overpopulated. And that's with other inmates that's being sent other. to other regional facilities. To, yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we had to have space to quarantine people who were sick because the hospitals wouldn't take them. It was a real challenge for our medical staff right. and the staff in that jail. And they did a remarkable job, and I'm so proud of them. We reduced our population down to about 55 inmates, mm-hmm. which allowed us to quarantine people coming in. Right. But we had no cases in our jail, mm-hmm. which was remarkable. The Federal Communications Commission is providing discounts of up to $50 a month toward broadband service, as well as one-time $100 discounts for device purchases for eligible households. You can learn more about this at FCC.gov backslash broadband benefit. The application portal will open on Wednesday, May 12th. It was a challenge to have enough people in the jail and on the street on the law enforcement side. And of course, we were working with mandates from the Virginia Supreme Court. We Mm -hmm. were working mandates from CDC. We were working from mandates from National Sheriff's Office, Virginia Sheriff's Association, and also the county. We had mandates from the medical examiner's office. So we had to juggle all those mandates Mm -hmm. and see how we could still maintain an efficient response. Procedures were in constant flux. So we just had to use some common sense best practices that we could. Mm -hmm. I think we've pretty much weathered that storm. Right. I think this past year has been very tense, very different than a lot of other years, uh, both for 2020 and what's happened of 2021 so far. And especially for law enforcement, I I would imagine it's been been very tricky, very difficult. You You know, starting with the the death of George Floyd, who was in, who, who died while in police custody last year. There's been a lot of scrutiny. There's been a lot of eyes on law enforcement. There's been a lot of national movements for, you know, defunding the police and having having more accountability and more citizen oversight and all, all sorts of things. And then, you know, protests. So what has that looked like locally? What's been the impact here? How has that impacted, if at all, the, the way that your department operates? Has that impacted the way you guys think about your job even. Any agency head, it would be naive for them to say, that's not going to happen here. It could happen any day, any time to any any agency. Mm -hmm. And trying to stay in that arena of best practices. 
and I'll give you a, a specific example. In our policies for several years, we do not use chokeholds unless it is a specific threat for the officer. If it's a life and death decision, and I'll say this, we've been blessed to have a good working relationship with all our community mm-hmm. partners. And we've had issues to come up in the past, nothing to this degree of right. a George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Years ago, we had a use of force that resulted in a death uh, of a mentally ill person. And from that, we learned more about people in crisis. And since that time, things have been put into place, such as de-escalation, teaching officers methods of not escalating an event, but de-escalating an right. event. One of the new procedures that's coming out is to involve more professional mental health counselors on scene at a Mm. person in crisis. And we recently used that for the very first time. Mm -hmm. That lasted about 11 or 12 hours that day. But it was a successful outcome. So people use the word transparency. And I ask myself, what do you mean when you say, well, we're going to be transparent? Right. And, And to me, we just tell the truth as the law provides, whether it's a police officer's rights or defendants' rights, Mm -hmm. we have to keep those rights in mind and not violate anyone's rights in the process. I hadn't been sheriff, but just a a few months, we had an inmate that attacked an officer Mm -hmm. on Main Street. Uh, the, The officer was bringing him back from a doctor's visit, tried to choke the deputy, and it ended in the inmate losing his life. And I had just walked up on the scene, and a reporter said, what happened? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. You Mm -hmm. got here before I did. I guess my point being, if something should happen here, give us a minute. It's not we're trying to hide anything. Right. We we have to figure out what happened. And we have a process for that. If we have a situation like that, of course, we're going to respond. Mm -hmm. But at some point, I have to make a decision to either hand it over to an independent third investigative Mm -hmm. party, in which we we do that quite often Mm -hmm. when we have things that are too close for us to investigate of our own. Right. And I think that's just a, a good practice mm-hmm. that creates a, an attitude of trust that we're going to do the right thing. Right. You may remember that in last week's episode, we talked about internships. These positions are targeted for high school students in Pennsylvania County. Interested students can look for these positions, which are across Pennsylvania County, Pennsylvania County Schools, and other organizations on Major Clarity, which is a program that Pennsylvania County students have access to. If any post-secondary students are interested in an opportunity, they should email a resume and cover letter to Barry Richmond at erichmond at rossworks.com by May 28th. Yeah, I remember when I was a reporter, I think that was about a year ago, there was a deputy-involved shooting that you guys were involved in and immediately was handed over to another agency to investigate. And I believe that recently went to trial because the person survived. That is something that makes sense, you know, that you wouldn't investigate your own department for something like that, that that would be passed on. And just little things like that where you're, as you said, trying to promote transparency and make sure that you're being objective where you can and understanding where you can't and handing it off to someone else. That particular case, not only did that agency investigate the criminal aspect of the crime of murder. But in the background, there were prosecutors also looking at the actions of our agency. We received confirmation that the officers acted within the law. Mm -hmm. One of your people had ultimately to to pull the trigger and and to make that decision. And I mean, you guys deal with an incredible amount of things that don't necessarily make the news you know this obviously you know i was reporting on this so i remember but that you know there was that triple homicide in keeling there are obviously those very high profile things 
that do make the news that are so terrible, so traumatic. You know, we don't see the scenes. We don't see see all of that. So how do you, I guess, lead your department through dealing with those things, whether it be that really high profile case or, or something that doesn't make the news, but that's just as traumatic? Years ago, officers were sort of frowned upon if they showed any signs of not being able to deal with a scene. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that's in the past. Mm-hmm. And what we have now are crisis intervention teams, professionals that come in, talk with the officers, that's made available for us. We have debriefings with uh, debriefing teams that are, people have been trained. The officers just come in. They can talk about what they saw, talk about what they heard. They don't hold that in. When you go to those scenes, you have the victim, you have the victim's families, you have the pressures of making sure you're doing everything right by mm-hmm. law to be able to bring this to a successful conclusion. So your your mind is racing, and we provide those avenues of release for our officers. You see some, some of the worst that society has to, to bring to the table sometimes. Right. Well, Sheriff, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today. I mean, is there anything else that you would want to add or think it's important that people know? Well, I appreciate you taking your time and, and coming up and let me talk a little bit about the Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. some of the good things, some of the bad things. We're very busy here. Mm -hmm. We are very busy. I'm very fortunate in having a group of dedicated patriots here in this office. Mm -hmm. They love what they do. They're good at what they do. We're going to train. We're going to stay ahead of the the mandates uh, that are coming our way, Mm -hmm. and and we're going to learn from them. I really appreciate the direction that the county is going in. We're all one agency working together for the common good of our community. Right. Well, no, Sheriff, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for Absolutely. being here. Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you, Caleb. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.